When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, fellow gamers. Thank you for listening to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads who are lifelong gamers, and on Thursdays like today, we break down recent gaming news that we found most interesting. Please make sure to rate our show five stars, leave a written review, and come check out our Patreon page. You can help support what we do here, and we won't leave you hanging. You'll get exclusive access to our Squadcast episodes, which are 45-minute episodes that release twice a month. You can sign up starting at five bucks a month at MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's looking for the dark arts arena hidden away in the Forbidden Forest so he can test out those unforgivable curses. It's Josh. Avacadabra! <laughs> it's the only one I could remember. <laughs> I don't even know uh, if I said that right, but... Avada Kedavra, Crucio, Imperio, yeah, I think I those are all Whatever the unforgivable curses are, or whatever. <laughs> Wait, is it unforgivable curses? Un- yes. Yeah, is that unforgivable. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll never forgive you! I will never forgive you! <laughs> are you quoting some impractical jokes? Yeah, I was, too. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Nice, Paul. <laughs> oh, and then joining us, he may no longer be attached to The Witcher or Superman, but he's got some big aspirations for a new extended universe. It's Michael. And my goodness, am I beautiful. I'm a beautiful <laughs> man. I have these... Stre- Wait, we gotta get off this real fast. Uh, that's crazy news, by the way. Man, Henry Cavill just getting bounced around like a ping pong ball in his career right now. I know, huh? yeah. Definitely getting getting bumped from two big roles, but at least he's right. got some plans. Can't wait to talk about it Fe- here in a minute. Future guest of the show, too. <laughs> at oh, some point, yeah, that's right. right? I'm sure yep. that's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to have Henry Cavill on the show. We'll have him on at some point. <laughs> We will. Fingers crossed. <laughs> He's a gamer. He, he'd be like, you guys are gamers. We're nerds together. Let's nerd out together. He'd be like, yeah, let's do it. We can relate to him over World of Warcraft. I know how big of a fan he was. All right. Before we jump into news content here for this week, I did just want to give a very quick update about our holiday schedule. So for those of you who may not have already heard us talk about it, these next two weeks, we are going to be re-releasing some of our older favorite episodes because we're taking a little bit of a Christmas break to spend more time with our families. We have recorded new intros for those episodes, so there will be a few minutes of extra new content at the beginning. So still make sure to check out those episodes and then our next full new episode will release on January 9th when we break down our most anticipated games of 2023. All right, so this week in gaming, a lot to cover. High on Life released, 
We have picked it up. We have decided that we are going to deep dive that in the new year. I think it's probably going to be our first deep dive of 2023. And Josh, I think you already downloaded it and got a little bit of a head start. I feel like I'm probably halfway through the game at this point. Yeah. Um, I have laughed a lot. Um, I will not say <laughs> anything about the game other than that. Um, but as somebody who has not really watched Rick and Morty or familiar with Justin Roiland, um, I, I, I've been laughing. And uh, there's there's multiple parts of this game where I find myself just chuckling in glee. It's going to be a lot of fun to break down. Although that game has a lot of profanity that I'm not going to be able to put very many clips yeah. <laughs> into right. the episode. It'll be hard to keep it family-friendly. That's definitely a, a rated M mature game. And, and then also this week, they released a Forspoken demo for the PS5. Now, poor Josh over here does not have a PlayStation. Yeah. How, how was that demo, guys? <laughs> they didn't release it on PC. Even though the game is releasing on PC, mm-hmm. like they don't put the demo on PC. Yeah, Sony probably paid for it. They probably paid for that exclusivity. Say, hey, put it here first. We'll think it's only on our So platform. both you guys <laughs> got to try the demo, right? We sure did. did. I did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was the demo is my first question. The 20 minutes? I was going to say 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, you could spend more time in there if you want. Yeah. But yeah, if you kind of like beeline everything, 20 to 30. Yeah, you what? can spend more time just parkouring everything. Oh, the whole world. Just parkour <laughs> yeah. the whole world. Your whole world's hard <laughs> So initial thoughts? What do you think, Michael? So, um, I, the game looked, looked good. It was, it, the graphics were fantastic. It looked nice. The parkour was good. Um, I think the combat took me a minute. It took me a minute. It was a little bit different. It's, uh, they, so when you play the game, I'm assuming you're, you're starting from a starting point where you're not starting at the very beginning of the game. And so you've kind of got a whole bunch of things in your face that you would think that a full tutorial would walk you through because the combat's very different in this. You shift from like different phases and different abilities, but, um, how would I explain this, Paul? Like, right trigger is like attacks, left trigger is support, but then you've got yep. multiple options on each, but only one button. So you can only use one defensive spell and one offensive spell at a time, and then the rest of it, you're walking through this cumbersome hold left bumper, hold right bumper, pick a different spell while you're casting spells, and use that. That's probably the best way I can describe it. If it sounded confusing, it's because it kind of is. <laughs> a little bit. It takes a minute. I found myself, it after does. two to three minutes, it becomes second nature rather quickly. Yeah, I'm they drop you... you are. They, they drop you in the middle of the game. They give you a little bit of a cinematic where they narrate and tell you about the story. And then they kind of just drop you right in the middle of the world. So, yeah, you almost have like your two schools of magic. Or if you want to think of it, it's almost like different stances. And so basically you swap between stances. And then with which stance you're in, you have different selection of your support and assault options for attacks. Mm. And I found the combat to be really good. I found that the world was definitely beautiful. It, even though the storyline and the characters did not remind me of Elden Ring, I thought the world reminded me a lot of Elden Ring. It looks like it. Oh, I totally got that too. It's laid out like Elden Ring where you've got these very steep cliffs, a lot to explore. Uh, everything's kind of divided into like these little settlements. You can come kill everyone and loot a chest and get some gear. I, I had a lot of fun playing this one. The only real issue I had is that while the parkour stuff is pretty awesome looking, it's very easy to get stuck on ledges and things like that. So yeah. a lot of times I found myself trying to just run forward and my character is kind of like stuck on a ledge. So I don't know if they're going to be able to fine tune some of that. But more than anything, this just made me more excited to play it when it releases next year. That I echo your same thoughts. When I played the demo, I was like, you know, I, I'd like to check out this game. It seems like the main character is very interesting, even though... 
you know, arbitrary swearing all over the place just to do it. <laughs> like, just to do it, because we were trying to be a cool teenager, and we're just going to swear just to do it. It's very awkwardly placed. I'm hoping the whole game is not like that. But overall, I want to dig more into this world, dig more into the character. The combat was actually really interesting, and it was final, It was it was nice to see something actually different, because a lot of times you have a lot of the same stuff, circle to dodge, X to attack, you know, right trigger power attack. This was very different, and I'm excited. Yeah, this one's got like where you can switch to use a melee sword, but then it's really long and you can like swing it around for AoE, or you can choose to start chucking spears, kind of like in God of War Ragnarok, where yeah. you just keep chucking them. Uh, you can also switch and it's the same to- sword that does it. Like it's, yeah. you, it's, it's, but it's like a ranged <laughs> yeah. weapon or a, a melee weapon, depending on how far away your target is. Yeah, kind of funny how they had that in there. And then they also have where you can like use magic to shoot from range. You fight like a boss, but then you also fight big swarms of enemies. I think it'll be a lot of fun when it releases. Okay. I'm definitely looking forward so, to it. So, so demo did its job, got you both kind of excited. Yeah. Demo did its job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, would, I would give it like a solid B. Plus. You know, I don't think it was anything earth shattering, but it was good. Forspoken comes out January 24th. Um, so I know, it's right around the corner. Not that far away, man. Comes out on <laughs> PS5 and PC. So are we deep diving that one? Do we know yet? Probably. I think I was so. going to say, I feel like in the middle of January, I, we do have a few legendary games that we have to play, but I, honestly, a few of those don't look like they're very long. So. Um, I, legendary being games chosen by legendary supporters. We're not saying that they're legendary yeah. <laughs> games right now. We don't see the future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> legendary supporters get to pick a game that we have to deep dive, and we have a couple of those on the docket. Yeah, you guys know I love nothing more than brand new IP games, yeah. so hopefully we can dive into Forspoken. All right, well, moving on to our next topic here, we have something that I'm very excited to talk about, guys. I don't know about you. We got a new Hogwarts Legacy gameplay showcase. So we did have one before, which spent an awful lot of time looking at furniture and spending time in the dormitories. (laughs) This showcase is much more what I've been waiting for for a long time, guys. Basically, they highlighted flight and the open world mechanics. They dove a lot more into combat this time, and they also spent a lot of time showing us the room of requirement and how that works. So there's a lot to break down here. I don't know where you guys want to start, but I'll just say right off the bat... I've been pretty cool on Hogwarts Legacy for a while. This is actually the first time that I was like, oh, I actually really do want to play this game. I, I'm excited for I it. I am with you, Paul. <laughs> I, I almost felt like, almost yeah. like, not guilty, but like, dang, they got me, man. Like, they got yeah. me on this one. Because <laughs> I even, like, we posted the socials even. We posted a video of the, uh, like, them showing off the flight and stuff like that. And we were pretty down. After the last glimpse that we got on this game, I think all three of us kind of went, I don't know, man. Like, they were showing yes, off Hogwarts. The graphics didn't look that good. The, the animations didn't look that good. And we kind of, we kind of slammed the game a little bit. And I think all three of us went, I'm not really that interested anymore. And then they released this. It was like a 34-minute gameplay video. And I'm like, okay, number one, I don't know if they had the graphics turned down to like 720p or something when they were inside Hogwarts. But these graphics looked great, number one. And I was like, okay, okay. Oh, wow, this world's pretty big. Like, you can fly all over the place, and there's all kinds of little villages and towns. And and they were talking about the meter where you can't fly that high on the broomstick. And if you cruise along the ground, it recharges your meter and all this stuff. And I, and then I'm like, dude, this actually looks pretty good. <laughs> Starts hooking you. Yeah, and then they, they fly around for a long time. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready to see something else. And then they go into the combat portion of the game. 
I did have a little exception with this part because where they went, the Dark Arts Arena, they were very clear that this was only in the deluxe edition. And I was it's like, okay, content. number one, that's kind of crappy, man. Like, don't, yeah. I, I like, I felt like this yeah. part was an advertisement almost to where they were like, no, you only get this in the deluxe version. The guy even says, well, what about the base game? And he's like, well, there's other arenas in the base game. And then I was like, so wait a minute. Now I'm just watching like a 10 minute advertisement, but. I did think the combat looked really good. They showed off a lot of combos and different creatures. Um, I I love Harry Potter, but I'm not like a super big Harry Potter nerd, and I don't remember a lot of this stuff. So, Paul, you might, because I know you are a Harry Potter nerd, but the Abracadabra spell... Um, <laughs> you got to stop saying <laughs> Abracadabra. No, because that's what it is. <laughs> it's Abracadabra. You can't tell me that they didn't name it that for a reason. It's inspired, of course. Yeah, of course. So, But this spell like one-shots everything. They showed them fighting a big Including old troll. Trolls. And then, yeah. yes, this troll's mm-hmm. got like, I don't know, 2,000 health, which is a lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, Abracadabra, the troll's dead. <laughs> So, like, is combat going to be difficult? That's my only concern is, like, don't please don't make combat too easy. Before Michael jumps in and starts talking about how he doesn't want to play it, because I can tell from the look yeah. on his face, <laughs> the the way that some of these unforgivable spells are cast is awesome. So, like, earlier we saw where they use, like, uh, uh, Wingardium Leviosa, and you see some of those other spells, and they're, they, they, they look neat, but it's really just, like, flicking a wand, and you see a different color fly out, and that's really kind of all it was. Well, in this one, since they're highlighting Dark Arts Arena, you get to use all these unforgivable curses, which normally you can't use in a normal, you know, Harry Potter setting. And the first time that the guy casts Avada Kedavra, the camera ever so slightly moves a little more to the side and it zooms in. And it's more of like a super move. And you get this huge green like chain lightning that comes out for a solid second and a half. I actually audibly yelled, whoa, when I saw it. I thought it was awesome. It looks so cool. I think the combat still looks way too easy. It's still going to be a casual game. What really hooked me was when they're talking about the open world mechanics and they're saying, hey, if you see a cave... Go check it out. There's going to be stuff to learn about Harry Potter lore. Um, there are going to be dungeons and puzzles left behind by older wizards who have left behind loot and secrets and gear for you to go find. I mean, all that stuff really spoke to me. Flying around in brooms as opposed to also flying around on the hippogriffs. All that stuff looked incredibly fun. I, I, I don't think the combat's going to be tough. This is the kind of game I'm going to put on the highest difficulty and I'm just going to have fun exploring. I'm not normally one to like exploration in games. The last time I really felt compelled to do that was World of Warcraft. But in watching this one, even as I was watching the demo, I was like, oh, I would totally just go fly to that windmill and go check it out. And sure enough, in the video, they fly to the windmill and they go check it out. Uh, this is the first time that I got super excited about it. Michael, I'm guessing you're a little bit less hyped on this one because you were shaking your head earlier. <laughs> so let me just say uh, a little behind the scenes on how the show works, guys, is is Paul typically, or 100% of the time, gives uh, Josh and I a list of articles that we look at and we're going to be looking at for the week. And this normally happens on Saturday. We record on Sunday. This week, he gave it to us on Friday. And I was like, thank goodness Paul gave this to me because he's given me a 34 flipping minute long, long Hogwarts video to watch. And I've already said a hundred times, I cannot give two licks about Harry Potter universe in a video Missing game. Out. Like, I don't want to play this game. And then I watched the video and 
I want to cast Furiosa really bad. Furiosa! I don't know if that's one of them or not, but <laughs> no, I'd like to cast Furiosa. Um, <laughs> is that not... That's Mad Max, right, well, Furiosa. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a dark arts spell, then? No. Would it be no. a dark arts spell? For your okay, anyways. <laughs> Close, I, but So no. at the beginning of this video, it shows the open world exploration, and I'm like, oh, dang, that looks, that, looks, that looks kind of all right. I kind of want to go look at this windmill, like Paul said. Yeah. And then by the end, I was like, ah, crap, I want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so because, and it's a whole bunch of Harry Potter lore. I don't know anything. I, I watch the movies. That's it. I'll never read the books. I watch the movies, and I'm like, you know, I. It, it seems like fun. I hope it's not like too Easter eggy to where I'm not going to understand it in the game because it looks like it's going to go a little bit deeper into it. But the world looks great. Like Josh was saying, did they give us like Harry Potter light with the graphics the first time around? Because this looked really good. Yeah, I still take issue with the colors. Like the second the gameplay started, <laughs> it's all muted green and brown in the open world. I still feel like the color saturation is off. I always poke fun because we all live in Phoenix, right? And in Phoenix, we only have two colors, muted green and brown. When I look at this game, it looks like what we see in Phoenix looking out at the desert. It does not look like if you go back east where there's all kinds of lush greens and colors with flowers and different color trees. So I still take a little issue where the game looks a little drab color-wise, but everything else I thought looked great. Um, if you're a big person into like the beast side of things, inside the room of requirement, you get to walk through kind of like a portal and you have your whole area where you have all the beasts that you have captured and brought in. The beasts you actually have to like feed and pet, but then they give you mats that you use for crafting. And um, I thought that stuff all looked okay. That's not so much my cup of tea as far as like building stuff out. Uh, for me, it's going to be more about exploration and combat. But it seems like this game tried to give you a little bit of everything that's in the books and movies. And I think a lot of Harry Potter fans are going to be very excited. I will say in closing that I that we did get to see a lot more of the RPG elements uh, in this, which got me excited. Uh, number one, open world they showed off. You can fly around. There's icons that kind of say, hey, here's points of interest. There's things to find and explore and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's that was really neat and something we hadn't seen before. I did like that you could kind of see Hogwarts off in the distance. And the really neat thing to me is that if you, you know, if you're flying around the world, you go to Hogwarts, it, the inside of Hogwarts almost seems like an entirely another world, too, which I think could actually mm -hmm. be really neat, the contrast between the two. Um, we got to look at combat. I really hope that there is a hard difficulty level for combat that will really help to make this game for me. Um, and then on top of that, we got the Room of Requirements, which they showed off. Um, there was a little bit more color. They had kind of like a dome, like the top of the room that you could turn into like this arboretum or something that really did look really nice. But they did show off some of the... Um, like inventory and gear system in that regard, yeah. which I thought was really cool. And mm -hmm. they were showing that, hey, there's components like you need, I don't know, some moon tuft fur or something like that. And the guy asked like, well, how do you get this fur if you want to make this thing that's really nice? And they were like, oh, well, you get that from your animals. So you need to go tend to your animals and then you can harvest their fur and stuff like that too. So what we're getting is a glimpse on how all of these single, because this is a single player RPG. Right. Yep. And so we're getting glimpses on how all the different systems are kind of starting to tie together. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing, you know, and I think I'm probably between Paul and Michael as far as like my love of Harry Potter. Like I've seen them. I know some of the lore. I have not read the books, but I'm a little bit more interested than I think Michael is, but not on the same side as Paul. And 
I'm I'm really liking this, man. My height meter was like really low on the thermometer. And then after this, it, it raised a lot, man. Like this really did a good job of like reeling me back in to kind of be excited for this game. Yeah, I think a couple of the things that got me a little bit more into this than what I was before is things we didn't see in the initial trailer. Like initial trailer, you thought it was just running around Hogwarts, you know? On this one, they even say, like, there's lore that Hogsmeade is, like, the only area in the world where there's, like, magic people that aren't... What are they called? The simple people? What are the simple Muggles. people called? Muggles. Yeah. Um, but you go around and you see these different villages showing there is actually an open world here, and it's a lot more. So I think I'm more excited about... Um, you know, the RPG aspect of this, like things that Josh was just talking about, then the Harry Potter universe. Like, can they make this a good game for people that don't necessarily get excited about Harry Potter and the lore? And that's where we'll see this kind of fun, fine line that hopefully they can cross over. Because a lot of times when you have a video game that's based on an IP that's from something else, like be a book or a movie or something like that, then you're really catering to the fans of that movie or that book. Not so much video game fans. You're catering to the fans that already like Harry Potter, that also like video games, not someone who doesn't like Harry Potter like myself and is like, I want to play a cool game. I saw elements in this that make it look like it might be a good game and I don't have to care about Harry Potter. I might just enjoy playing the game. And that's what I want. Yep. Well, I just went from six to midnight. All right. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with some more multiplayer gaming podcast. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This went from six to midnight. <laughs> Hold do on, I, what does that do, mean? Do I need to cut that out? No, can I leave no, it? You can leave oh, it. I get it. That's I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's from forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's my favorite line yep, with Jonah I just, Hill. I just got it. Yeah, he's like, I went from six to midnight. <laughs> oh, man. I think it, I think it's gonna be. Shrek I saw type you grinning, yeah. Paul. Yeah. I can fine. see you like with the joke in your head. Oh yeah, and I, I had was it like, locked and loaded. Paul chuckling at. I was like, whenever Michael's <laughs> oh, done talking, so great. <laughs> yep. I was wondering what that was. That's great. Yeah. Oh, All my right. Goodness. Okay. <sighs> okay, we are back. Next news story we hinted at in our introductions. Henry Cavill is out as Superman and Geralt. However, he has now entered into this deal with Amazon where he gets to not only star but to also executive produce an entirely new extended universe in the world of Warhammer 40K. This is kind of like big news, guys. This is going to lead to movies, TV shows, further games. I I have a feeling that this is going to be really big in the next few years, and Henry Cavill gets to help build it from the ground up. They don't even have showrunners or anything hired yet, but because he is such a lifelong fan of Warhammer 40K, they have trust that he gets to build it from the ground up, which I think is really neat. Are you guys like Warhammer 40k fans, or do you know much about it? I'm a Warhammer fan. I know almost nothing about 40k. Yeah. yeah. I, my experience with Warhammer is basically Vermintide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is the older Warhammer, not the 40k. Now, I have played a 40k game in the past. It was some kind of like RTS style game. Dawn something, Dawn Breakers, Dawn... 
sister, I don't know, something a long time ago. And it's a great <laughs> game. I really, really enjoyed it. But I like I think that I love fantasy stuff. I think mixing sci-fi and fantasy is really cool at the same time. I just don't know a lot about 40K, but the visuals, every time I see 40K stuff, and I know like there's the pox and there's the you know, you've got your human kind of Terrans almost from like Starcraft and stuff like that. Like, I really like what I see. I just don't know that much about the universe, but I want to know more. But I'm also kind of lazy. And so it's kind of like, but I, you know, so I've never really put in the effort to know more, but yeah. I'd like to. And so if they start bringing Warhammer 40K into the mainstream, and they do it well, I could see myself really getting like involved in this. Like, I would love to see a movie. I would love to see a series or play games that really kind of showcase all that stuff. I just don't know that much about it. So it's like, if they do it well, oh man, that could be incredible, man. Like, if are we talking like Marvel Cinematic Universe before Marvel got super saturated? Because like, that would be amazing. Maybe. So... I don't know much about 40K, but I do know a decent bit about Henry Cavill, especially all the stuff that's come out in the last six to eight months about his interests, his career, and so forth. What do we know about the man, not the characters? Is that one of the things that he really was was really heightened on about with The Witcher was he is a very big fan of the books, the games. He wants it to be true to source. And one of the rumored reasons that he left is because after season two, they're looking at kind of going in a new direction and changing it to where they're going off of the lore. So we know that he's very protective of lore. And so I think having someone like that, I could see him in a pitch meeting with whoever's developing this, whatever studio has decided to let Henry Cavill, Amazon, sorry, we literally just said it. Um, But Amazon's letting him take the reins probably because he probably came in and said, Here's this magical world that you have in front of you that already exists. It's a great IP. It's untouched. Here's the way that I want to present it, knowing that he is going to keep it very, very true to lore. I think this is going to be really good, despite knowing nothing about it, just because of his passion for these projects and the fact that he's willing to just flip a switch in his career and say, hey, I've got a really great thing as Geralt of Rivia. I could sit here continuing to make like 1.2 million an episode, whatever he's making to just go through the next seven seasons of the witchers, the witcher and just cakewalk. I've got a great career, this and that. Instead he's saying, I'm walking away. I'm walking away from Superman, whether he walked away or they decided to go in a different direction. We know there's a little bit of muddy water there, but to say, I want to make this universe. I want to make it true. And I think that's a huge thing that he's willing to put himself on that because if this, if this fails, it does hurt his career. As a showrunner, as an actor, he's putting a lot into this, a lot of eggs in one basket. I don't think it will fail because of the man. Yeah, I mean, he's already got a super successful career. I feel like this right. is where he gets to finally put those passions to work. I mean, that's a great point, Michael. All of his passion about Warhammer is palpable. I, I, I copied down a quote that he had on Instagram. For 30 years, I have dreamt of seeing a Warhammer universe in live action. Now, after 22 years of experience in the industry, I finally feel that I have the skill set and experience to guide a Warhammer cinematic universe into life. So you can tell this really means a lot to him. He's really excited to do it, and and I can't wait to see it. Uh, while we're, we're still on the topic here of Amazon, the, the last news story that we're going to bring up here in this episode is that Amazon also greenlit a God of War TV series, and we also heard this week that they are going to be publishing the next Tomb Raider game. How do you guys feel about the prospects of a God of War TV series? I feel like that's a really tough job. 
Ironically, Kratos is actually being played by Henry Cavill. I just read about that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that not, might be problematic. I, I, it's not true. <laughs> I read into this, and they're basically the show is going to mimic the 2018 God of War. So, yeah. I mean, that's one of the more beloved games in the last I don't know five years or so that you know that have come out. Like you, it's such a high bar to reach for because. You either have to knock this out of the park, or if it's if if you don't, it's just gonna flop because everybody's gonna be like, "Well, the game was better. Like, the game had better actors, better story, better visuals." You know what I mean? Like, why? I mean, now it's Amazon, so they could easily throw a billion dollars at this. Which honestly, <laughs> I kind of hope they do because, <laughs> like, if they can do it, I'd be super interested in watching it. But it's like you're telling a story that's already been told to millions and millions and millions of people. Because it's not like God of War 2018 was not like one of the more popular games either. So I, right. I almost like, why didn't they go a different route on this? So I'm a little hesitant, I think. Because it's kind of like you're already telling a story that's been told. And it was told phenomenally. So why are you retelling the same story again? So... This could change too. The the thing is, is that all that we have right now in the news is that it's been greenlit. Okay, Lord of the Rings was greenlit what twelve years ago, something <laughs> like that. No joke. A while ago. It was a very long time ago. Um, and normally they have got they've got no writer, they've got no producer, they've got nobody. They're just like, well, dang, let's go ahead and gobble the rights up to this right now and say we're producing it, which gives them some arbitrary number of like five years or whatever. I'm making a number up on when they have to actually put this out. There's a good chance this gets stuck in development hell and never happens. There's a good chance that it gets ungreenlit in six months. Um, because things like this, where there's such a high bar that you have to stand next to, they're going to go through multiple... I, I'm calling it now. They're going to go through multiple different showrunners because they're going to have different ideas and different perspectives. You're going to see lots of different things that happen. The show might never happen. I think this is kind of news. It's not really huge news. It's really cool. Like I was excited at first, but I said the same hesitation of Josh is like... Oh man, why go with that? Why not start with the Greek stuff? Why not? Well, they're riding the coattails of the success of the most recent parts of the franchise, but this might come out after the next game. <laughs> yeah, like one of the reasons why 2018 was so successful was because of the background with the original games. So right. the fact that they're almost taking that shortcut doesn't surprise me because they're trying to go straight for the gold. Uh, I think the hardest thing here is casting. Like, can Christopher Judge play a live action Kratos at this point? No. Him being a little bit older. Would he be interested in doing that? I don't know like who would play Kratos, to be honest. Like he'd have to be some big buff dude. I, there's nobody that jumps out to me on this. Um so me yeah, neither. I don't know. Um uh, the show has actually been in development for nine months now, according to this article. So they've actually been working on this for a while. I don't know that it's been filming. I don't think it has, but they've just no. been lining everything out on this. Um I am I'm very cautious on this one. Um, again, you, you know, if they throw a billion dollars at it and they make it like the Rings of Power, I think I'll love it. If they make it like the Halo TV series, I think I'll hate it. <laughs> it seems like an impossible job to try to adapt it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't. I, I understand why they're doing it because games take a lot longer to release than a show does when it comes to like, hey, we can develop a show, get it off the ground in two years, maybe. Um, but yeah, Christopher Judge, like it, at, not not to not to be an ageist or anything, but it is difficult to get. This is why you see Dave Bautista leaving the Guardians of the Galaxy straight up. He says, "I can't keep the physique up to be a shirtless man on TV anymore. I can't do it." <clears throat> and Christopher Judge is around the same age. It'd be hard for him to get in physical shape to be that chiseled to play Kratos. He's six foot three, so he could possibly do it. But at the same point, 
what if they go the opposite route and just totally CG Kratos, just like She-Hulk did? Like, also, flat fail. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that's probably more in line of what they're going to do. It's going to be some CGI, because it's really hard to get a person who is built like Kratos, but also has the acting chops to pull off the tender moments and the drama and all of that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is kind of doomed to not meet expectations. I'm also very worried about Amazon publishing Tomb Raider. I know, yeah. I love the last few Tomb Raider installments that have released like over the last seven or eight years. They've all been fantastic. So now as Amazon gets involved, we've already seen how they completely killed Crucible, Lost Ark, and also uh, what's their MMO? Uh, New World. New World. New World and Lost Ark started strong and they had a lot of players, but ultimately they had like major flaws. So I don't, I hope they don't get involved too much with Tomb Raider. Hopefully they just let developers make the games, but I'm a little worried about the future of Tomb Raider also. Oh, you'll be able to buy that DLC that lets you use a bow, Paul. <laughs> there yeah. you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know we're just going to get, at the very end of it, Jason Momoa or Dwayne Johnson playing Kratos anyways. Final thought. Dude, if it's... It better not be if either If it's one The Rock, those, that's no. going to be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, because they can't get a man that would work as Kratos, so why yeah. not just shoehorn a giant actor who could pull off the physique? I feel like that might be what they do. Just put some kind of bodybuilder in there and let the acting suffer. All right. Well, that wraps up all of our news stories here for this week. Uh, just to mention some stories on the cutting room floor. Naughty Dog is reportedly now working on The Last of Us Part 3, which I think is exciting. Death Stranding is also being turned into a movie. So many adaptations lately. Also, you might need to brush up on some more RAM if you want to play the Returnal port on PC, because they are recommending a whopping 32 gigabytes of RAM, which I don't think most PC users have. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a, lot. a ridiculous <laughs> RAM requirement, man. Like, honestly, ridiculous. Holy moly. <laughs> 32 gigs. All right. Well, we just want to go ahead and close down this episode. We, we do want to say thank you once again to everyone for listening. We hope that you're all having a fantastic holiday season. As a reminder, you can come check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. And we hope that you guys enjoy our Rewind episodes until we come back in the new year. And until then, happy gaming. Cheers, all. Happy New Year! Bye, everybody.